When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and Cali lover. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 365 did you know that the city of los angeles was founded by just 11 men 11 women and 22 children oh and only two of them were white people Did you also know that L.A. was originally a village named Poison Oak Place or that the film industry settled there mainly to avoid patent laws? Well, today, Los Angeles is the second largest city in the United States and the 24th in the world. It's one of the entertainment capitals of the world and also one of the most popular destinations. But less than 300 years ago, it was little more than a coastal village. It's been through many reinventions through the years to become what it is today. Let's reverse. The land where Los Angeles sits today was originally the tribal territory of the Tongva and the Chumash tribes. The village was called Place of the Poison Oak because it had, well, a lot of poison oak. Quick tangent, almost everyone is allergic to poison oak. Four-fifths of us, to be exact. It causes an itchy, scabby rash, a lot like poison ivy, but over time, you can become immune to it. Native American tribes actually used poison oak as medicine to cure things like ringworm, rattlesnake bites dysentery, and to build immunity from poisons. They also used it to make tattoo dye, back to the village known as Place of the Poison Oak. Eventually, the colonizers came. In the 1500s, the Spanish claimed the land for the Spanish Empire. They came with missionaries to bring European Christianity to the indigenous tribes. In 1769, they reached the small coastal village that would later become Los Angeles and established the San Gabriel Mission. You can still visit the San Gabriel Mission today. In recent years, historians have emphasized the darker elements of the mission's founding, such as the displacement of the Tongva tribes, enforced religion, and slave labor. In 1781, Spain decided it was time to establish a real city near the San Gabriel Mission. They selected 44 settlers from Mexico to build and inhabit the new city, 11 men, 11 women, and 22 children. The settlers were a mix of ethnic and racial backgrounds, including Spanish, Native Americans, mixed Spanish and Native American, African, and mixed Spanish and African. They founded the city, or Pueblo, and named it in Spanish, the town of Our Lady, the Queen of the Angels, or for short, just the last part of the angels, Los Angeles. The small ranching town grew quickly, and in 1821, they helped Mexico win independence from the Spanish Empire. The city of Los Angeles was made the capital of the New Mexican Territory, named Alta California, but unfortunately, not for long. Just two decades later, the Mexican-American War brought a new challenge in leadership. 
In the United States, this war is often just called the Mexican War, while in Mexico, it's called the U.S. Intervention in Mexico. How we name things says a lot. The war was a fight over land, and in the end, the United States won. The U.S.-Mexico border was set along with the Rio Grande River, and it is still there to this day. Side note, at that time, some Americans believed in something they called Manifest Destiny. Manifest destiny was the belief that the United States was destined by God or fate to expand its dominion across the entire North American continent. They got their wish, but they killed and enslaved thousands of individuals along the way, stole indigenous land, and confined indigenous people on reservations. Manifest destiny was simply genocide. A lot of Americans opposed the ideology, but that didn't stop it from happening. Back to California and the Mexican-American War. Right before the end of the war, a man found gold in a creek in Northern California. Soon after the war ended, the United States took over, and the gold rush began in earnest. Over $45 million per year worth in gold were found in Northern California between 1849 and 1857. Speaking of manifest destiny, it'll surprise no one that white people made sure they kept as much of the gold as possible and they resorted to violence to keep that power. 120,000 Native Americans died of disease, starvation, and murder during the gold rush. As hundreds of thousands of people came from all over the world to try to strike it rich, some of them eventually made their way south to Los Angeles, the city of angels. By 1900, the population had grown to over 100,000, and Los Angeles began designing zoning regulations that would be replicated in large cities around the United States. Also, in the early 1900s, the first film production companies began to move to L.A. The industry actually started in Jacksonville, Florida, since the weather was nice. But as it turns out, hurricane season isn't great for movie sets. Another problem with the East Coast was that most film patents were owned by Thomas Edison's Motion Picture Patents Company, headquartered in New Jersey. By moving across the United States, filmmakers could avoid getting tracked down by Edison's company for patent violations. And of course, LA has nice weather all year round. No hurricanes. Here's a trivia question. What is LA most known for other than Hollywood? Traffic. Los Angeles has the worst traffic of any city in America, with so many commuters spending an average of three hours sitting in traffic every day. But why is it so bad? Well, let me tell you a few of the main reasons. Ever heard of the General Motors streetcar conspiracy? Before 1900, one of the main ways to get around Los Angeles was the public streetcar system. Then, in the early 1900s, the LA population exploded, right when the automobile was getting popular. Eventually, streetcars were discontinued in favor of cars. Right around this time, though, a company called National City Lines bought up the transit lines in 25 major cities across the United States. Their investors? Oh, just a few small companies like General Motors, Mack Trucks, and Big Oil. Eventually, a court fined all the investors for conspiring to monopolize control of the transit industry. That's all true, but a lot of people claim the investors did more than that and intentionally sunk streetcars so people would have to buy cars. The 1988 movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit?, based a whole subplot on this conspiracy theory. In reality, there's plenty of evidence that streetcars were failing for other reasons, like traffic congestion, mismanagement, and the popularity of cars. 
but it's certainly true that big car companies lobbied hard for the government to invest more in roads than in public transit, and LA suffers from those decisions to this day. Los Angeles is one of the most populous metro areas in America, but it's much more spread out than that. Say, New York City or Chicago. People in New York City sit in just as bad traffic as people in LA, but they're out of it in a couple miles. Because of LA's sprawl, the traffic just continues for miles and miles. Everyone has cars in LA. Because the city is so spread out and doesn't have great public transit options, you kind of have to have a car. More cars on the road mean more traffic. Despite the traffic though, LA is still one of the most sought after destinations in the world. From a small place of the poison oak, to a global hub of tourism, business, and culture. Now, let's talk about music. On this day in 2002, American singer Kelly Clarkson made history as the first ever winner of the new reality television series, American Idol. Clarkson had been a cocktail waitress in Texas. The American Idol win would catapult her into stardom and launch a career that's still strong today. American Idol was based on a British show called Pop Idol, but it didn't catch on at first. The creators had to shop the idea around a long time before Fox finally picked it up. But the first season was so popular, it spawned a whole new genre of American television, the televised talent show. American Idol contestants who went on to greater fame include Clarkson, country music star Carrie Underwood, Jordan Sparks, and Oscar winner Jennifer Hudson. And American Idol, still going strong in 2021. And now for today's final segment, I'll be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a September 4th in my life. Looks like I don't have a specific memory to run down. However, I do have a birthday. Today is my brother's birthday. My brother's birthday. The little brother tune. He is, oh, not that little. He's taller than me and only a year younger. But today is his birthday. And so on most September 4ths, I would spend it celebrating his birthday, um, except for one year of my life because he wasn't born yet. But, you know, get the point. So today we're celebrating his birthday. He's turning 20. Congrats, Dylan. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.